Hi everyone and welcome to The Constant Cheerleader, the podcast that champions the people who go above and beyond to make a difference in the world and their communities over a cuppa. My name is Gemma Stevenson and joining me today is a businesswoman, entrepreneur and cheerleader. On the mat, she's one half of the dynamic duo known in the cheerleading world as Wheelchair Partner Stunt and off it, she's creating a stir in the music industry, helping to make licensing easier for those involved in performance sports. Here to give us 30 minutes of a best mat talk this week is Chantal Epp. Hi Chantal, how's life in Hi, lockdown? Gemma. We're coping okay over here. <laughs> um, not too different since my, everyone in my, in my company works remotely, so I'm quite used to not leaving the house for a few days at a time, but I have to say I'm missing all the travelling. Yeah, I mean, you are a big traveller, aren't you? Because uh, like, you and uh, Rick uh, Rogers, who you do wheelchair partner stunt with you, I don't think I've ever actually seen you in the UK very much. You're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, usually tra- travelling every sort of week or two. And it's it's sometimes for, for parachute-related work, sometimes it's for click and clear-related work. But I was saying to Rick the other day, I think this is the longest I have been in one like home um for about three years you know it's like i just yeah it's, it's quite different it's quite an adjustment <laughs> moving around and you you kind of get to meet a lot of people as well on your travels and they're yeah. probably missing seeing you i mean kind of parachute which is or adaptive abilities cheer as it's now called at the minute um it's been taken so well within the cheer industry and everybody kind of loves to learn from you and Rick and actually some of the developments within the sport have come from you and Rick traveling as well haven't they it's been really crucial for us to to get around to each of those countries we we often get invited by the national federation um and then we'll run a workshop we we might just showcase we kind of do anything we can to help support the federation in growing the sport and in the last sort of couple years um just before covid and everything hit i think we did about 25 showcases possibly more than that um traveled to more than 15 countries a year and there's now about 50 teams around the world and i think about 18 different countries who are participating in in paratrial or adaptabilities kind of officially um and then there's numerous other countries where we found they've already got athletes with disabilities on the team they're already they already have inclusive teams it's just their federation can't recognize the division yet because they're not recognized by the sport ministry or, or whatever it is so there's quite a lot of challenges around that but it's been so beneficial getting out there getting in front of people and showing people what's possible for the sport brilliant so before we get any further into that i just have to ask you the most important question of this podcast the time we're recording it's about good time for a cuppa and a bit of cake isn't it so what 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 drink are you joining us with today so i always i don't drink coffee um does not sit well with my body it always makes my heart go crazy um but i love tea and i love a good herbal tea and my two choices are usually peppermint or lemon and ginger peppermint is usually either like a late evening one and my lemon and ginger is usually a kind of early morning or a kind of afternoon so we've answered the important question here. Carrying on with the sort of travel um, aspect, I mean, because presumably you will go back to travelling. Are there any anxieties there? Because a lot of your travel does involve getting on planes and 
traveling in very cramped boxes and social distancing <laughs> is going to be a thing isn't it for the next year at least yeah i mean i haven't really thought about that yet i think as long as we're able to protect ourselves and be cautious we should generally be okay but i think some countries i'll i'll feel better about going to than others but it's just going to to depend and i think what we're going to see with regards to the events is they'll likely come back but in smaller amounts of people um so you're not going to have the like thousands of people spectating you might just have athletes competing and then eventually we'll get to the the stage at where we were so i think as long as it's measured like that um i'll feel a bit better about it but there is yeah there is a little bit of anxiety around it my big concern of catching something not knowing that you've got something and then coming and bringing that back to to family or close friends cheer as a sport which you're involved in is such a big spectator sport as well the athletes on the floor feed off of the spectators and the spectators feed off of the athletes and it's actually part of the you know the scoring of the sport that's going to present a challenge isn't it moving forward for the next sort of few years yeah i mean doing doing cheer in front of a crowd that doesn't exist but I mean you do that in your training anyway so what's what's really the difference you have to perform your your best you have to put on a show and at the end of the day you are being judged so it's for the judges and they're still going to be there but it is going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve for people um, and maybe it'll put pressure on them at training to actually try harder when they're when they're training in front of a, a room of, of no one but at the end of the day also we have to remember with regards to cheerleading is the athletes also tend to be the spectators. You have external spectators too. Athletes are still going to watch the uh, watch the routines. And they might put restrictions in as with how many people can watch, but there will still be some people watching and they'll probably cheer harder than they ever have before. <laughs> I love that idea. Let me talk about your journey into cheer and into what you're doing now because you didn't start as a cheerleader, did you? Background is very much music. Um as a kid like I've I've been doing music since I was about four years old played piano violin from the age of four singing uh I studied music at school of course took that all the way through GCSEs A A levels then went to university to study the music business to have a career in the music industry and it was always the goal um but I started cheerleading actually when I was at university and I it was something I always wanted to try my whole family's Canadian so my mum was a baton twirler, my auntie was a baton twirler. Um, so we already had that sort of gymnastics kind of formative elements in in, uh, in the family. And then the other side of my family, um, we've got musicians. So we kind of have the sport and music already in the genes, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I came across cheerleading when I was at university, fell in love with it, was uh, asked to be captain of the squad in my second and third year. And I just, I took it from there, really. I got injured a few times, so ended up kind of assistant coaching uh, with my coach at the time. And it was actually whilst I was on that team when my coach was like, hey, we need music. You're studying music. Why don't you create our mix? And I was just like, oh, well, I don't really know if I'm going to be any good at that, but sure, I'll give it a go. And I actually spent half of my university degree uh, learning about cheerleading and music and creating music mixes and I started my first company called Synergy Sounds creating music mixes for for cheer and dance and was one of the only companies in the UK 
and then that sort of evolved into a music licensing kind of avenue um with click and clear after following the lawsuit between sony music and the cheerleading industry i kind of evolved that um and all of my knowledge and experience to to licensing did you think ever that what you did there at university just for your university cheer team would ever turn into basically what you've got now which is you know you're working with some big artists and big labels and names and um you're also helping people like coaches involved in performance sports just make their life a little bit easier i mean i never anticipated doing what i'm doing now i always wanted to be in the music industry and and when i left university i went in and worked in it for a music licensing company and that's where I got all my music licensing experience from. But I always knew I wanted to have my own business. And I started my mum, well, I helped my mum start her own dental practice when I was only 15. And so I learned a lot about running a business and starting your own thing from that. And actually, when I look back at my family as well, my grand, my grandpa, my dad's side kind of used to own a business. And there's quite a lot of entrepreneurship in my family. So I think somewhat it runs in the blood. And actually, a lot of my family used to be farmers. <laughs> so again, you're kind of running your own show, right? And it was always the plan to, to have something that was mine. And Synergy Sounds was my stepping stone for that. Uh, I never anticipated solving this massive issue in performance sports uh, with regards to licensing. And it's, it's a huge challenge. I mean, I'm doing something no one has ever done before. And that is probably the hardest thing to to kind of break through these this kind of these industries where it's like they just kind of continue doing the same thing over and over again and and innovation doesn't necessarily get accepted straight away and it it takes its time and it's been a hard slog (laughs) you say it's been a hard slog but what what would you say your tips are for kind of going up to these people and saying look we need a change now it's not easy to go up to the powers that be is it (laughs) I mean, I think with, with music, they've been more accepting ever since Spotify kind of came into play and uh, they've done really well with that. They've been a bit more open to tech and innovation and I had a lot of the contacts already. So I kind of, you know, had friendships and having those relationships really, really helped. But then in other areas, I didn't. Um, and, and so it's it's really just a case of persevering. I think just <laughs> not letting, not taking no for an answer and I'll temporarily take a no you know like (laughs) if someone tells me no we're not ready to do a deal I'm like okay that's fine in six months time you will be and we'll come and have this conversation again and six months later we come and have the conversation again and I've changed their mind because we've then shown that we've progressed and I think again a lot of it is trust I think a lot of the reason why um, people rely on relationships is because they built the trust and so it's trying to find a way to build trust quickly and and early on so that you can do what you want to do and achieve what you want to achieve. But definitely perseverance, just not giving up. And when when you feel like giving up, everyone feels like giving up at some point, possibly multiple times. I know I have. It's push harder at that point because you never know what's around the corner. What if you decided to give up at that point and then actually it was only a month away until you were going to reach your goal or reach what you were trying to achieve? The way you talk about perseverance, it feels like that's your life on the cheer mat as well. I mean, that's every cheerleader's life on the cheer mat, isn't it? There's a moment where you think this is never going to come together and then it does. Exactly. And I think that's maybe what I love about cheerleading so much and maybe what I love about para cheer is like 
you're overcoming a challenge. The challenge is I'm learning this stunt or this skill and I'm finding a million ways how not to do this skill (laughs) until I find the way of doing it. But if I don't persevere and work through it, that next go, that next full out might be the one where I completely hit all my skills and feel really good about it. And it's, it's just that, I mean, the amount of times you say, just one last time, just one last time, one last time. Okay, fine. No, we should really stop now. You know, like <laughs> you, just, you just keep going and you want to achieve your skills. And, and I think they, they really do go hand in hand. Alongside your company, you've kind of become, with Rick, the face of inclusivity in cheerleading. You know, the, the people who really champion that within the sport and continue to break boundaries and again just like you do in your music career say okay we can change this and do this a different way and somebody new can come into the sport yeah I mean it's been um a really interesting journey I never anticipated this uh again like I wanted to be on team England Paris year when they when I when I saw them in 2016 and I actually used to coach with um Rick's ex-wife Jamie um we used to coach in schools and she told me about these parachute workshops that they were doing and I got I was like oh that'd be really cool but I couldn't participate because I was working for my mom um part-time and when I saw them in 2016 do the showcase at Worlds I was like I really really want to get involved I should try and find a way of doing that but got involved and didn't speak to Rick whilst at training I I joined the team six training sessions before they competed uh, due to an injury uh, that someone had and and I didn't speak to him apart from Matt Talk he was (laughs) Matt talking me to support me from me not falling on his head Uh, (laughs) so that's how we met but I just I thought he was incredible and what he had done with creating this sport was absolutely amazing and I knew somebody who I wanted to get to know and so maybe I made extra effort. I don't know. But um, we started stunting together uh, at the All-Star Field in 2017. And I was like, why don't you have a fire anymore? And he was just like, oh, I just, the last one wasn't able to continue with me. And I've been busy with my dance career. And I just didn't really have anyone. I was like, well, why don't we train together? You know, found out that we both lived in London. So still miles apart, but still somewhat <laughs> close together because London. And we started training together and it was just for me, it was just, I wanted to do partner stunt, loved partner stunt. And I wanted to train. I wanted to have someone who was dedicated because um, I was struggling to find that. And it was just something to do for fun. And it ended up turning into this massive global uh, <laughs> travel um, journey around the world, inspiring others and influencing the sport. And I, again, never anticipated it, but love, absolutely love every minute of it. And I, love that I'm able to give back and and help Rick with the charity with my knowledge of business and everything I can help him grow the charity and 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 reach new people and it's it's been again it's just gone so well with the business like the two help each other and uh, actually the way you and Rick do partner stunt it kind of takes inclusivity up to a new level because you're not just competing in a division of your own you do actually go to comps and um, compete on the same level as stunt groups that have standing bases. Yes, we have done. We've competed, I think, in three partner stunt competitions against standing bases, as you say. We came fourth out of six in our first one, which was in Korea. 
we came first out of two in, in England and we came third. Oh, actually we've done four. We came third out of six in the Netherlands, which was amazing. So we hit the podium, which I couldn't believe. And then I think it was fourth out of six in uh, Norway. So we've done four competitions actually. <laughs> and it's, I mean, again, that's kind of pushing the boundaries a bit. People can be a bit funny about disabled athletes competing against non-disabled athletes um but you know we were competing against our friends our friends helped make it happen and it was a brilliant experience and again it just proves it's possible and um i want to talk about one partner stunt sequence you you kind of did it would have been a few months ago now i'd say it was around about january i did watch it you actually spent time in the gym and you recreated that um, Navarro Chia oh, yeah. stunt. How many hours did that take? It took us half an hour. It was the easiest thing we've like ever done. <laughs> it like reinvigorated my love for cheer again because one, we were we it wasn't partner stunt. We, well, it was kind of partner stunt, but we had a couple other friends with us and we did a bit of group stunt and other things as well for fun. And it was just doing something different to what we do every single training session. And we just had such a blast. It was so much fun. And it it was just success after success after success. And it, honestly, it took us half an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's, I believe it. that's quite impressive. That really is. <laughs> it's hilarious. Because, I mean, some things, you look at our TikToks, it's taken us two years and we still can't get it fully. So... But um, yeah, I mean, when we had the extra support and the extra moral support, it, it definitely boosted our energy. <laughs> and talking about um, boosting your energy, you know, music, as we've said before, is a very important part of your life, always has been. Uh, one thing that you've been doing to boost people's energy is uh, we've discovered Chantelle the Dark Horse. Uh, you've been putting little videos up, haven't you? Of you playing the piano and singing. It's out in the world now, see? How important is it at a time like this when things are challenging to have that love of music and that access to music? For me, and I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but for me, music is my emotional outlet. I'm not so good at talking about how I feel with people. And I went through a bit of a a hard time with with family uh, when I was younger, growing up, and... I turned to music as my way to to let that out. And that's when, it was when I was about 14, 15, when my music really took off. And I was practicing piano literally every single day, um, nonstop, working on singing with piano as well. And I must be, I just played for hours and hours on end. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of miss that now and I guess it's why I started posting some some videos the other day but yeah for me music is so important at a time like this to lift your spirit but also acknowledge the times when you're feeling sad like when I'm feeling sad I sometimes just want to listen to some sad music and just you know give myself half an hour or an hour to just dwell on that get it out of my system and then I can throw some like I don't know Spice Girls song on or <laughs> some like 80s like 80s uh rock music or whatever it is to to boost my boost my energy is that what you were playing on your birthday because you're used to celebrating your birthday out at worlds it's a thing now but you had to kind of do it in your home this year yeah so i actually had one of the best birthdays i've ever had i can't i can't believe it and i think it's just because 
at Worlds. Everyone's really busy and all my friends are kind of busy. They're in at Worlds, you know, managing their teams and and whatnot. And it was nice to just get so many messages from people. I had like video messages from people. Rick put together a video compilation. It was just wonderful. And I actually took a day of holiday. Like, <laughs> I don't take days of holiday ever. And I took the whole weekend off and the Monday of my birthday. I had three solid days off. Well, with the exception of signing a very big contract on that day, which was really good news. So it also made the day better. But it was just nice to chill out. We went for a 15 mile bike ride and then just sort of just did what I wanted to do for the rest of the day. We made some food, talked to my family, and like talking to family who I don't normally video call, you know, or or even call or speak to on my birthday. So it was it was nice. It just it felt more connected. And I have to give you a round of applause, Chantal, for one thing that many of us are not doing in lockdown. You actually were not in loungewear to celebrate, were you? You had proper clothes on, like proper <laughs> what you would go out in everyday life in. Well, I, I often try, like, the days where I'm going to be going out for a run or or bike ride or whatever, I'll tend to stay in my uh, fitness clothes. Um, but I actually, three or four days a week, I, I really make an effort. Um, and I've done always done that because I've, I've remote worked now for about three, three years. And it just makes me feel a bit better about myself when I put something nice on or or whatever so yeah we, it's my birthday it's a special day you have to dress up right <laughs> yeah definitely especially I loved the birthday candle headband it was yeah that's thanks to my mum and my brother I think my brother actually made it we've got from this whole conversation Chantal that you are pretty much non-stop I mean the fact that you're saying that your birthday was the day you gave yourself a day off it, it, it explains really a lot to people about how non-stop you are but I know and everybody who knows you knows it's because you're so passionate about whether it's cheer or whether it's music um, that you're doing. You're so passionate about it that you just want to get it right. This time, you're being given time to think as well. I mean, what sort of challenges and opportunities as well do you think there will be at the other end of this um, for both the cheer industry and um, the music industry? So I'll start with cheerleading first. With regards to cheerleading, I think virtual, like no one really took to virtual anything in cheerleading before. And now people are doing virtual training, which is great, especially for the disabled community who maybe can't always go to training sessions. Well, now you can also have them join in on video so that they don't have to travel or um, maybe they can do virtual competitions. So you just submit a video and you're not having to send 24 athletes across the country or across the world to go and compete at, a, at another competition. So I think there's a huge opportunity in the virtual competition space and virtual training space when it comes to cheerleading. And I'm really excited about that specifically from the point of view of parachair or adaptive abilities. Um, on the music side, like they've, they've kind of taken a hit massively on the live, the live sector. But I've seen like, there are some live streaming music events that are happening and in some ways it feels more personal because you're actually like in these people's homes which is kind of weird you know I mean I was on a webinar the other day with Kalani and it was just like cool I can see you're like sat on your bed like <laughs> in your cat that's super cool um but music industry I mean streaming there's there's been a big increase um and and I think that ultimately people are always going to be consuming music radios taking a bit of a hit because people aren't traveling and people tend to listen to radio on their car 
uh, or in their car. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always new opportunities out of out of restriction. You you always find uh, innovation, and I think that's a really kind of important message in this. Is yeah, okay, you might be having a challenge right now, but out of this challenge, you're going to find something new, something that's potentially better. But you just have to put your mind to it, and you need to be open to it. Brilliant. And um, on that note, Chantal, um, we've got to the point in our podcast where um, we do our cultural exchange. Now, as a cheerleader yourself, you do know what a cultural exchange is. You have been part of many. But for any listeners who aren't aware, um, when we go to comps, we have something called a cultural exchange where we give a gift as athletes from our country to other athletes from other countries. So now, Chantelle, this is your chance to give something to our listeners to keep them going for the next week. So one thing I've really taken to in lockdown is cooking. Rick and I are actually incredible cooks and I I am genuinely creating a recipe book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to share a recipe um, that we have, I guess, kind of created or took inspiration from online. Um, we've been making these smashed avocado barbecue bacon burgers. Now, you can, of course, adapt them to be vegan. Um, we have to adapt them to be dairy and gluten-free due to allergies. And what we do is is we just get some gluten-free buns. Uh, we get some beef mints, and we mix it up with some flour, eggs, some seasoning, uh, roll that up into a beef patty, fry that, and then we grab some bacon, fry that, uh, get some smashed avocado, jalapenos, pickles, barbecue sauce, vegan cheese, put it all in a nice big stack for a burger. Um, and then we always make homemade chips out of potatoes, which we just we boil the potatoes first, chop them into chip looking size <laughs> chips, I guess. And, uh, and then we put those in the oven it is a lot of fun. And one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. It feels like it's quite a millennial burger as well, you know, with the smashed avocado. Yeah, yeah, the smashed avocado. It's one, I think, it's something that I usually have at Byron's, which is one of our favourite burger places. Um, and I was very sad that we haven't been able to go recently, so I just was like, let's make it ourselves. Why not? I mean, there's a lot of people doing fakeaways. I've done one myself. I'm a very big fan of Wagamama. I did make my own yakisoba. It wasn't quite up to the Wagamama standard. I still need Wagamama in my life, but it's filling the (laughs) hole while I can't get there. Well, I'll have to ask you, Chantal, would you be able to type up that recipe for us and um, send us a picture of your recipe and I'll stick it up on the website as well and people can have a go at making it. Um, A final thing we're going to ask you to do. Now, again, you will know about this. You've already talked about it. Um, as well as Jerry, your stunt partner is quite good at the mat talk. Yeah. This is where we ask you to give everybody some mat talk. Um, so for those who've never been involved in cheerleading or haven't watched Cheer on Netflix and listened to Jerry Harris's brilliant mat talk, um, it's kind of a little motivational cry to your teammates on the mat or your or your flyer on the mat. So, Chantelle, have you got some mat talk ready for us? Yes, I do. Motivation comes after action, so just get on out there and do it. (laughs) That is possibly some of the best mat talk we have had on this podcast. I love that your Canadian accent kind of came out in it a bit as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, I can tell you've been missing the gym and the the mat because you, like, 
full on gave it everything. Yeah, I, I do. I miss I miss it. And we do like Rick and I have been cycling. He's uh currently borrowing a hand cycle right now and we've been going up some very trialing hills. Um <laughs> So he'll be way back there and I'm just, we, we always uh, are on the phone with each other as we're cycling and we're cheering each other. I'm like, come on, you've got this. You can do this. Just one more, one more push. You're almost there. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're still kind of keeping on that talk going on in this, on the street, you know. I feel like we should say to people now, find places in life now. You can't, you know, especially those cheerleaders who can't get into the cheer gym, find other points in your life like you guys have where you can use mat talk i mean it could be it could be making a cup of tea couldn't it you know yeah you got this that kettle needs to boil yes you got it like yeah you just you you can give give life give energy to your family like come on get out of bed like get get the next thing on your to-do list done yeah you got it (laughs) full american Again. <laughs> you can tell that you've got um Canadian roots there. Yeah, <laughs> I, every time I do mat talk, it's like my voice just switch and switches, and I go back to my Canadian heritage. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, everyone needs a bit of cheer in their life, and especially in times like this, it's so important. I always, I think that's one amazing thing that cheerleaders do, um, and and can continue to do throughout this time is cheer everybody else on because you're a cheerleader so you're a leader you're you're the kind of leader leader of the pack and it's kind of up to you to keep everyone else going i mean that's a brilliant thought to leave everybody on and yes cheerleaders of the world start cheerleading for everyone in your life and your community um i am expecting to see videos now of people actually cheering on their mum cooking their dinner and stuff like that should definitely give it a go (laughs) well on that thought um we now have to say it's been half an hour i can't believe it has been half an hour um it's gone very fast so thank you chantal for joining me today and also thank you to everyone once again for listening um i'll leave you with one final message and that is to stay safe stay home and stay well and we will meet again at the same time next week to champion another of life's cheerleaders thank you